0: chapter of my book I asked you actually last week in episode 12 what you want to hear more of if you want to hear more interviews if you want to read more uh, chapters from my book what is feeling good for you. So I'm just going to wait for more comments and more feedback to roll in. Uh, But for now, I definitely want to get to my book. I have a really good chapter for you today, a great topic, which is about posture and body mechanics. So, so important. But before we get to that, I'm going to go ahead and play a question that I received from a viewer. So or a listener, I should say. So this is from one of my voice messages. I love this feature. If you have a question of your own, please feel free to check the show notes and find out how you can also uh, submit your own quick little message. So here goes. Hi, my name is Debbie, and I'm a 58-year-old female in the East Bay, San Francisco Bay Area. And I have hyper... um, tightness. I have to push and bear down to just urinate. It's really stressful. I was a cyclist. I haven't cycled for a couple of years, but I was a cyclist road bike leaning forward for many years. I wonder if that's it, but what can I do? I just found your YouTubes and everything. Thanks to uh, following uh, Dr. Anika Beka. Any suggestions for me? I signed up for your five week I'm watching your your circles and your belly dance YouTubes. I just started like two days ago, so I haven't done much yet. But I bought the potty elevating my feet. So please, any other suggestions? I'm desperate. Thank you. Okay, so this is such a great question from Debbie, and it's really, really common to actually have hyperactive, hypertense pelvic floor muscles. And interestingly, Debbie mentioned that she is a a cyclist or was a cyclist in the past. And there is a condition, now, Please understand that I am not diagnosing you, Debbie. Not not at all. But there is a condition called pudendal neuralgia, which is where the one of the nerves in the pelvis, the pudendal nerve, can become irritated, and it's actually quite um, common. It can be associated with people who are cyclists and who sit in that saddle for long periods of time, leaning forward. That can cause some tension in the in the muscles, which can then irritate the pedendal nerve. So again, I'm not at all diagnosing you, Debbie, but it's just something to consider. And the first step I would definitely recommend taking is seeing a women's health physical therapist. So contact a women's health PT in your area if you have access to one. And something you can do on your own at home is to go to my YouTube channel and check out my playlist that's titled Pelvic Pain Slash Tension. That playlist has some of my best videos for conditions like yours, where the first thing you need to do is focus on relaxing and releasing the pelvic floor. My lift series, my five-week series that you mentioned, is also really good, but it's more with the intention of you know first learning to relax, but then it pretty quickly goes into more strengthening exercises. And I think, Debbie, for you or for anybody who has a real problem with pelvic hyperactivity, tension, and often pain, it's a good idea to begin by really spending some significant time focusing on deep breathing into the pelvic floor, uh, releasing the pelvic floor muscles with stretches and yoga poses and moves that are really going to open and relax those muscles. So you've you've gotten a wonderful start by exploring my options and all of them are going to be helpful, but I think that that playlist, the pelvic pain slash tension playlist is going to be really, really key for you to focus on. So I will put a link to that playlist in the show notes. And again, thanks so much for for calling in with your question, Debbie. That's brave to put your voice on air. So I really appreciate you. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the topic of today's show, which is Posture and body mechanics. I know it probably sounds really boring, but I promise this stuff is so important. If you missed last week's episode, which was episode number 12 with Jenna and Erin from Heal at Home Moms, I hope you'll put it on your list of things to listen to next. It's a great episode, and one of the things they talked about was the fact that it's really, you know... Exercises are wonderful for your pelvic floor health and your core fitness, but really what matters is the little things that add up throughout your day, the 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 daily, you know, living that you do. And that really is how you're lifting things, how you're carrying things, how you're holding yourself when you're standing, sitting, walking around, etc. It's so important. That's 99% of your, you know, progress. Or I hate to say it, I don't like dwelling on the negative, but your challenges. I don't want to say the word failures, but your challenges are going to come from not focusing on those day-to-day activities, the posture, the body mechanics, etc. So your success will come from focusing on it and really taking a hard look at how you are moving and living right now and on the, you know, opposite hand, It's where your failure can come to if you aren't paying attention to this stuff. So it's super important. And uh, before we get going with the chapter from the book, I just want to give you a statistic from uh, the last conversation that I had in episode 12 with Jenna and Erin. They had mentioned that kyphosis, which is really common, especially, well, it's common in all of us who like to look at our phones and like to be on computers and kinda of tend to hunch forward a bit. Uh, but it's also very common with new moms to have kyphosis, sort of a, a rounding of the upper back and a sort of hunching forward, because new mamas are breastfeeding, they're, you know, holding their baby all day long. So whether you are, you know, a new mom or you're, you know, my age or older, we all are at risk for excessive kyphosis, that hunching. One thing that they had mentioned in the interview in episode 12 was the fact that uterine prolapse risk does increase with excessive kyphosis. And the statistic is actually that uterine prolapse risk increases 1.35 times with each additional degree of kyphosis. So basically, each additional degree of that hunchiness that you may have, that increases your risk of uterine prolapse by 1.35 times. That seems like a little bit, but it's actually a lot because one degree of kyphosis is quite small and you think about, you know, quite a bit of kyphosis and then holding that throughout the day as you're sitting at your computer and typing or you're holding your baby, that's really going to add up with that risk for uterine prolapse. So, and then they did also find that in these studies that I was sent from Jenna and Erin from Heal at Home Moms. They also found that women with advanced uterine prolapse actually end up having a posteriorly telt- tilted pelvis, a decrease in lumbar lordosis. So in other words, a more flattening of the low back. So that's something that research has found. Basically, they're finding that abnormal spinal curvatures, whether you're excessively hunchy at the top or you're maybe you know uh, really flat in your low back, there's different spinal curvature problems that can actually contribute to prolapse so i talk about that more in the chapter but i just wanted to kind of share some highlights from the research that say that yes this is a really big deal and something to focus on so let's go ahead and get to it so from my book chapter eight again the title of my book is lady bits understand your body elevate your health and reclaim your spark naturally And we are gonna go ahead I'm just gonna read the chapter to you and I might make a few little revisions and updates as I go about a year ago my body decided that it was done with caffeine this was a huge blow because I love me my morning coffee but it was super weird i started feeling really jittery after my morning cup and honestly it didn't even taste good anymore the exact same coffee i'd always had made in the exact same way just tasted different really bitter and acidy then i found rasa so rasa is an herbal coffee alternative made with adaptogens It helped me get off caffeine and I love that it uses adaptogens, which are herbs that respond to your body's needs. If you need calming, they'll bring you down. And if you need energy, they'll bring you up. Adaptogens take time and consistent use to work in your body. So that's why I think drinking them every morning in my new daily brew is so brilliant. I recommend Dirty Rasa if you're trying to step down from coffee. This is a mixture of organic fair trade coffee mixed with the Rasa herbs. So it still has caffeine, but certainly less than a full strength cup of Joe. Then you can move on to my personal favorite, which is Cacao Rasa. I steep this now every morning in a French press for about 10 to 15 minutes. And honestly, this forces me to do my morning movement and my journaling practice. So my Rasa is one of the secrets that I have for keeping up with my morning self-care rituals. I love drinking it with steamed non-dairy milk, and it's absolutely something that I look forward to when I go to bed at night. Besides all of that, Rasa is a super cool, small woman-owned biz. You're going to love it. Head on over to bitly rasa and use code FEMTRIBE to save on your first order and the details are in the show notes. Check it out. So, it begins with the uh little title that body mechanics and posture are tools for life. In the following sections, I will describe some everyday situations that require you to effectively engage your pelvic floor muscles in order to maintain bodily control and stability. If you've got back pain, you need to read this or listen. All right, next little heading here is zipping up for posture and stability. When people try to improve their posture, they often focus on the abdominal muscles. They stand tall and suck in their tummies. However, in order to fully and safely engage the muscles of your core to maximize stability and control, you need to start at the base of your inner core, the pelvic floor, and then work your way up. I call this zipping up, and it's a cornerstone of the Inner Core Energizer routine found in this book, and it's essential for female athletes who lift weights. And honestly, you guys, this is me talking, not reading. It's essential for all of us, not just female athletes or to do the inner core energizer. So here's the exercise. Go ahead and do this with me right now. It's called zipping up. First, focus on your posture. Stand with your feet hip width apart and your toes pointing forward, shoulders relaxed, arms at your sides. And I hope that if you're listening, if you're not driving your car right now, I hope if you're listening, you will stand up and do this with me. So find your neutral spine position. There should be a gentle inward curve in your lower lumbar spine. Be sure that your low back isn't flattened out and that your tailbone isn't tucked under. Avoid that long butt look. On the flip side, you also want to avoid an overly exaggerated lumbar curve. For example, think of the sway back look or a gymnast's stance. After after the gymnast vaults off of the uh, balance beam and she stands up with her arms lifted, she usually has quite a sway back so we want to avoid that as well. We want the neutral spine. Rotate your arms and hands so that your thumbs face outward away from your body. This will gently engage the muscles between your shoulder blades. When you do this, be sure that your low back doesn't arch and that your lower ribs don't pop forward. Now relax your arms and hands so that your palms face inward toward your body. Next, visualize a zipper that starts, or in other words, fastens, at your vagina. Begin zipping up by gently squeezing and lifting the pelvic floor. Do a gentle kegel. The effort you put into this kegel should be similar to the pressure you would apply to test an avocado for ripeness. Gentle, very, very minimal. Do not clench or grip the pelvic floor muscles. It's a very gentle lift. Next, imagine drawing the zipper upward as you engage the abdominals. Think of the lowest, deepest band of abdominal muscles just above your pubic bone. Draw this region gently inward and upward toward your head. I liken this in and up sensation to the feeling of fastening a snug pair of jeans. And here's a little side note. Um, You can think of, (laughs) I read this this on a blog somewhere and I just thought it was fantastic. Imagine, and hopefully this doesn't offend anyone, but imagine that you are zipping up a tight pair of high-waisted jeans with a long zipper and you're not wearing any underwear and you are not someone who shaves down there. So imagine that you're really trying to make sure that you zip up without catching anything if you get my drift. That is the feeling of those deep, deep, low, lowest band of abdominals and and the pelvic floor engaging together. So that lift of the pelvic floor and the gentle sort of lifting and drawing in of your abdominals is as if you're trying to make sure that you don't zip up anything unintentionally into your zipper because you're not wearing underwear. I thought that was so brilliant when I heard that, and I hope it helps you too. And another thing, if you can't really figure out how to activate that deepest band of abdominals, you can try saying, shh. The sound shh can help you kind of feel that drawing in of that low, low band of abdominals. Another thing you can do is say hut, 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 like the word h-u-t. Say it a few times and you should feel that kind of gentle pulling inward and, and gentle lift as well. That's what we're going for. Okay, so back to the book. As you zip up, stand tall and feel the crown of your head drawing up toward the ceiling. When you're fully zipped, make sure your forehead is soft and relaxed and then check in with your shoulders once again. Relax your shoulders down if tension has drawn them upward. Be sure that your shoulder blades are drawn gently down and back and make sure that your weight is distributed evenly over your feet. Okay, there's one more thing I'm going to add to this since I'm revising my book as I go. And that is this kind of add-on that I added to my zipping up analogy uh, a little while after I wrote this book. So what I say is you're not done until you fasten the button. So remember, pretend like we're zipping up that long, high-waisted pair of jeans, that long, long zipper. It's zipped up. But the fastening the button part at the top is the idea of sometimes when we zip up, our lower ribs can kind of pop forward and jut forward. And we don't want that to happen. So you want to think about gently. It's not like you're, it's not like you're you know hunching or pulling your ribs in really hard but it's just a gentle drawing of your ribs sort of downward and inward so it's almost as if you had a really really high button on your really really high-waisted jeans and you're just fastening that button So, you zip up those high-waisted jeans and then you fasten the button at the top. And that's as if you, that's to cue you to remember to make sure that those ribs aren't jutting forward. It's super important for your core stability to find that perfect amount of core support that you aren't jutting those ribs up and forward. You don't want your breasts like pointing up toward the sky. We want everything drawing in so you're in a perfect alignment. All right, so back to the book now. Remember, engaging the inner core muscles in this manner should not feel like clenching. Hyperactivation of any muscle group can lead to pain and ultimately weakness due to muscle fatigue. Painful trigger points can develop, and if the gluteal and abdominal muscles become overactive, they can pull your pelvis into a position called posterior pelvic tilt. This creates a posture in which your back loses the normal curvature at the lumbar spine. Your back flattens and your bottom tucks under. Avoid this position. It's unhealthy for your spine, and it's unflattering too and as I read at the beginning it's also associated with prolapse so we don't want that super super flat low back so the next thing I have in the book is a heading that's kind of like you're asking me a question so it says do I need to zip up all day long The answer is no. Regarding inner core muscle activation, a fine balance needs to be established. When you're sedentary, the inner core muscles should be as relaxed as possible while maintaining a neutral spine position. In other words, while maintaining proper posture and alignment. When your spine and pelvis are in a neutral position, all of your core muscles are at the perfect length and tension to support your body, and crucially, to quickly and effectively fire on demand. As stated by Tasha Mulligan, physical therapist and founder of the Habit System for Pelvic Floor Fitness, proper positioning of our pelvis allows our muscles to fire when they need to fire, and when they're resting, they're held in a position of light tension that leaves them ready to work the instant they are called upon again. However, you should consciously and actively zip up when preparing to complete something strenuous. Examples include vacuuming, lifting weights, lifting a laundry basket, or simply bending forward to get a file out of a filing cabinet. In these situations, you must understand how to extra engage the inner core muscles by zipping. You will feel lifted, strong, secure, and most importantly, you will be protected from injury. And you know, another situation, which is probably pretty obvious, but another situation you'd want to zip up is when you're doing isolated core fitness work uh, or anything that requires a lot of balance. So I'm doing a program right now called Bar Blend. I absolutely love it. Check the show notes for more info. I'm actually a coach for this program. I love it so much. And I'd love to be your coach too. So this program uh, is very much, there's, there's a lot of balance involved. There's a lot of core work involved. And so I'm zipped up for a a large portion of this program. Luckily, there are a few, you know, instances that I might take even extra time out of the program to release a little bit. And definitely I release after the workouts are over. But during the program, I'm very, very engaged through my core. So that's another time you want to more actively zip. But if you're just like walking around or, you know, just hanging out, you don't necessarily need to be actively like zipped up. Okay, so back to the book, the pelvic brace technique is the next heading. So as if someone is talking to me, there is italics and quotes. It says, I've been feeling a lot of pressure in the vaginal area recently. I'm not sure what's going on, but each time I cough, I feel like something inside my body presses down into my vagina. I feel like it's getting worse. What's happening? All right, so here goes. Have you ever felt this sensation? If so, it's possible that you have developed pelvic organ prolapse. Whether you have prolapse or stress incontinence, or don't have either one but want to prevent them from occurring in the future, you need to learn and utilize the pelvic brace technique. The pelvic brace, also known as the NAC, is a preemptive tightening of the pelvic floor muscles prior to activities that create an increase in intra-abdominal pressure. Remember this helpful phrase, squeeze before you sneeze. And you also want to squeeze before you cough, blow your nose, lift, blow up a balloon, laugh. In short, contract your pelvic floor muscles anytime you anticipate a significant amount of downward pressure on the pelvic floor. The pelvic brace helps support the pelvic organs from below, thereby preventing risk of prolapse or bladder leakage. The pelvic brace is a reflexive action. However, many women lose it over the course of time, which often includes childbirth, surgeries, weight gain, and so on. Ultimately, women who've lost the pelvic brace reflex need to practice the pelvic brace technique in order to retrain their muscles. The following describes how to do the pelvic brace technique. Give it a try right now and see how it feels. If it feels foreign or awkward, I recommend practicing it three to five times on a regular basis in order to make the pelvic brace a habit or a part of your muscle memory. This will keep you dry when you cough or sneeze and will help prevent the progression of pelvic organ prolapse. So try this with me right now. Here's the exercise of the pelvic brace. So you're going to, in this case, actually quite strongly squeeze and lift your pelvic floor. In other words, do a Kegel contraction. Hold the contraction and then gently cough. After the cough is complete, relax the pelvic floor muscles fully. So let's do it together. So I'm gonna do it right now, like legit as I'm talking. So squeeze and lift the pelvic floor, hold it, gently cough, (coughs) and then after that cough is complete, relax the pelvic floor muscles fully. So get in the habit of preparing for a cough, sneeze, or nose blow by utilizing the pelvic brace technique. All right, next next little heading here is exhale on exertion. Women's wellness guru and perinatal fitness fitness expert, Jenny Burrell is famous for her phrase, exhale on exertion. As Burrell states, moms lift stuff. All blooming day long, they're lifting and loading their bodies against gravity. Lifting creates a natural increase in intra-abdominal pressure, which forces your internal organs downward and outward. This is a significant problem if your abdominal wall and or your pelvic floor muscles are weak. Repetitive lifting with improper breathing mechanics can result in a stubborn tummy pooch or problems with urinary leakage or prolapse. The solution is simple. As you lift yourself, your baby, your dog, your groceries, a barbell, or anything else, as you rise against gravity, exhale on exertion. Why does exhaling on exertion help? Because a lot happens when you exhale. Your diaphragm rises, the pressure in your abdomen decreases, your pelvic floor muscles naturally lift, and your deep abdominal muscles naturally engage. Do it right now and see. As you exhale, you should feel an automatic tensioning or an activation of your deep inner core muscles. Isn't it fantastic how everything works together? It might take some retraining, but it's well worth the effort. Practice exhaling on exertion, and in time, it will become automatic. So I hope you tried that. Try breathing out and feel, again, that automatic kind of activation of your deep inner core muscles and that lift of your pelvic floor. It's so cool. So remember, exhale on exertion. Okay, a primer on posture. We're going back to posture again. I know, I know, you've heard it before. Good posture is important. I already addressed it, so why belabor the subject? And in the book, I have an image of bad posture versus good posture. In a nutshell, bad posture equals big problems. Your body doesn't exist in single, isolated segments. In the spirit of the classic folk song, Dem Bones, Dem Bones, Dem Bones, Dem, Dem, you know, I can't remember how it goes. (laughs) That's so funny. You know how the the ankle bone is connected to the knee bone? You know that song. Um, We're all just long chains of body parts from our toe bones to our head bone. One area affects the next, which affects the next, which affects the next, and so on. When your posture or alignment is off in any one area from your ankles, when you wear high heels, to your spine, when you slouch, to your neck, when you jut your head forward to squint at a computer screen, you will feel it. If not now, then you'll feel it in a few months or a few years from now even mild postural problems can affect your health and also it can affect your digestion it can affect your mood it can affect your energy so many things okay back to the book standing or sitting with poor posture puts excessive pressure on your abdominal and pelvic organs and strains the muscles and connective tissues surrounding your joints here are some of the not so fun issues that can result from poor posture a poochy tummy and even diastasis recti, more on this later, from your abdominal contents being pushed forward and outward. Can also um, develop pelvic organ prolapse from your pelvic organs, your bladder, rectum, or uterus being pushed downward. The structure of your bony pelvis prevents downward descent of the pelvic organs when your pelvis is in the correct position. But when your pelvis is not in the correct position, when it's tipped back into posterior pelvic tilt, The pelvic organs can descend through the space that makes the birthing canal. If you have a dysfunctional pelvic floor to boot, you're almost guaranteed to develop pelvic organ prolapse at some point in your life. Hence that statistic that I quoted at the beginning of this episode. Another not-so-fun issue that can result from poor posture is that constant pressure on the bladder and bowels, due to your abdominal and pelvic contents being squished, can lead to feelings of urinary and fecal urgency and bladder control issues. And finally, another problem that can develop is that musculoskeletal problems, including hip and low back pain, upper back pain, neck pain, the works. You must align your body, get out of high-heeled shoes, sit less, and untuck your tailbone to enable your pelvic floor muscles to work optimally and at their ideal length. Good posture isn't complicated, but it takes practice and frequent check-ins to make sure you've got it right. Even if you practice this during the zipping up exercise, do it again, right now. Exercise proper posture. So stand up with me, stand with your knees and feet, your feet and knees pointing straight ahead. Your feet should be hip width apart, toes pointed forward. Allow your pelvis to be in a neutral position so that your low back isn't overly arched or super flat. If you're accustomed to tucking your tailbone under, which is often unconsciously done as a way to minimize the appearance of your derriere, you may not feel. You might feel like you're sticking your bottom out. You're probably not. Take a look in the mirror to be sure. So in other words, you might feel if you're used to tucking your butt under, you might actually feel if you're standing in a good alignment with that nice little lumbar curve, you might feel like you're really sticking your booty back, but you're probably actually look super, super normal. So again, take a look in the mirror to be sure. Roll your shoulders up, down, and back so that your shoulders are down and away from your ears and your chest is open. When you do this, be sure that your low back doesn't excessively arch and that your lower ribs don't pop forward. If they do, gently pull your lower ribs inward and return your spine to a neutral position. Lift the crown of your head up toward the ceiling, making sure that your forehead and face are relaxed. You should be standing tall in perfect alignment with your head over your hips, over your heels. And then in uh, um, italics, like someone's talking to me, it says, that's how to stand, but how should I sit? When sitting, sit on your sit bones, your butt bones, or in proper anatomical terms, your ischial tuberosities with your spine, shoulders, and head in alignment as, a noted, ab- as noted above. Please do not slouch and sit on your sacrum or tailbone. This can lead to back pain and squishing of your internal organs as previously described. Tomorrow, plan to do regular posture checks throughout the day. Every hour, on the hour, take a moment to notice how you're sitting, standing, or walking. These impromptu posture checks will reveal how you typically hold your body throughout the day. If your posture looks good, move on. If it needs some work, take a few days to really focus on finding and maintaining proper alignment. Your bones, joints, and pelvic organs will thank you. So listeners to this podcast, I give you this assignment. Over the next week, try to catch yourself as often as possible in times of great posture, And catch yourself, be honest, and, you know, we have to, you know, shine light on the dirt before we can clean the house. So definitely check in and notice when maybe you're slouching or slumping. I mean, I'm sitting here, you guys, reading this book to you, totally slouching. My head is forward, my upper back is rounded. That's not good. So right now I'm making an effort to bring the book closer to me, sit up tall, and finish the last couple paragraphs of this book. All right, I get it. Posture is important, but I'm still hung up on the fact that you mentioned getting out of high heels. What? Why? Yep, you read that correctly. I'm a firm believer in balance, and I think that the occasional use of high heels for an evening out is fine, but if you wear heels daily, even low heels, you're doing your body a disservice. You have roughly 200 bones in your entire body, and 25% of them reside from the ankles down. Furthermore, that's crazy. Let me just say that again. You have roughly 200 bones in your body, and 25% of them reside from the ankles down. That's crazy. Furthermore, about a quarter of all the muscles and motor nerves in your body are dedicated to your feet. Cramming your feet and toes into a stiff and unreasonably narrow shoe, and then adding a heel to it, is unnatural and ultimately unsafe for your body. Why? Because as biomechanist Katie Bowman explains, geometry matters. She states, although the height of even a short heel may just be one or two inches, the foot is relatively short in length compared to the height of the body. So the number of degrees that a one or two inch heel can displace you is quite large. Just think of those five inch stilettos that some women wear. Bowman goes on to state that the higher the heel, the greater you will unconsciously compensate by shifting your posture. She explains a person can compensate for the high forward pitch with their ankles, knees, pelvic tilt, or spinal curvature. Any one of these joints can be displaced to make the heel wearer look fairly upright, even if their bones are not truly vertical or loaded optimally. Aside from the whole body displacement, which changes the loading on the bones and joints and the length tension relationship of the muscles, such as the pelvic floor, wearing heels also increases the load on the front of the foot, potentially leading to circulatory issues and even bunions. So other than a few hours on your anniversary, get out of those heels. The long limbed look is just not worth the long-term consequences. For more detail on this subject, I recommend Bowman's book, Every Woman's Guide to Foot Pain Relief, The New Science of Healthy Feet. Alright, so that is that is that for now. And I know that it's a lot to think about. It was kind of a, a lengthy chapter, but I hope that it kind of inspired you to think about your posture. It is so important. If you do wear heels, maybe you can go shoe shopping this week and find some cute shoes that are lower um, to the ground. Because it really does change, it really does change things. And we want to get out of anything that is a deviation from that ideal posture and alignment and that ideal spinal curvature, that natural curve of the spine that's a gentle little inward curve at the neck, a tiny gentle hunchy curve at the the thoracic spine, and then another gentle inward curve at the lumbar spine. So it's like a little uh, snake-like waving sort of S pattern. And we want that. It's good to have that, but we just don't want it too excessive, and we also don't want it super, super flattened out. So that's all I've got for you for now. And as I said at the beginning, I would absolutely love to hear from you. If you are wanting to hear more interviews, let me know. If you're wanting to hear more chapters from my you know, book and just focus primarily on that, that's also great too. I am happy to give you what you want. Please check the show notes for all sorts of goodness and I will see you all next week. thank you for listening to the entire show. If you loved this episode, please share it with a friend. Let her know how it helped you and what you learned and why she might like it too. And if you would like a free downloadable video portfolio that includes the inner core energizer routine that's found in my book, Lady Bits, plus the first seven days of my ab camp series, Simply leave a review of this podcast on iTunes and then send a screenshot of of your review to me, Brianne, at femfusionfitness.com. Again, that's Brianne at femfusionfitness.com. I will personally get back to you with your free downloadable video portfolio. I will see you next time. And remember, you don't have to be an expert, but every woman should know a bit.